Beer EDU Podcast, Episode 81. What's next with Tyler Keefe? Welcome to the Beer EDU Podcast, the podcast for educators that love to learn and share ideas with fellow educators over beers, with your hosts, Kyle Anderson and Ben Dixon. Kyle, my friend, how are you? Ben, I'm not going to lie, man. I am fried. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so tired. If And if I'm that tired, I can't even imagine how tired it, you are. It, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, uh, well, this is... The Beer EDU podcast episode 081. We, ha- we haven't talked in a while, uh, Kyle, since, uh, well, school has started. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think uh, that's why we're both fried. <laughs> right. And and we're, we're kind of going goofy on this one. Um, we're actually, like you said, this is episode 81, and we're recording this one actually before recording episode 80. So episode 80, we're going to record in that's a few true. days from now uh, because we had this one planned out for a while and whatnot. Right. And uh, yeah, so things are between being fried from school and then being kind of out of sync with our episode count right yeah. now and everything. So everything's just, it's just crazy because of everything. So, but that being said, real quick introduction for first time yes. listeners. I am Kyle Anderson. You can find me on Twitter at Anderson EdTech. Same thing with the Instagram. You can find my blog, AndersonEdTech.net. And then also my book, To the Edge, Successes and Failures Through Risk Taking, available on Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com. And then if you happen to want to buy it in bulk, you can go to EduMatch Publishing's website and you can buy it for a 20% discount over there. And you, my friend, Ben, you are? Yeah. So Ben Dixon, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BDixonNV. Although I have to admit, I mean, I just like looked at my Twitter feed the other day for like the first time in like two weeks, it feels like. I have been like, that's how crazy... That's seriously how crazy the start of school has been this year. It's yeah, COVID because, 2020. Yeah, you are going, your school is actually in person somewhat, but yes. then students have the choice of doing virtual or hybrid. Right. And then on top of that, the fires of Northern California have crept awful close to Reno and have been right. causing a lot of issues with school there too. Yeah, so we're 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 at we have so an elementary school in in Reno. You uh, parents have a choice of either going full distance with their child or doing a face to face. The hybrid thing at one point we thought we could do it. it it's not possible. <laughs> I mean, maybe with more staff we could pull it off. So it's it's that, and then like you said, we we started school at, we started school, and then we shut down because of the smoke. Because clearly, if you eat outside and all your buses run with windows open for ventilation, um, that doesn't quite work if the air quality is like 180, you know, and so, you know, for pollution. So, yeah, so we were, we did two week, two days last week, and then uh, we were in, we were in class today. So, yeah. And you, my friend, you are a guy, Vegas is full distance. Yeah, we're full distance, and uh, we originally were supposed to start with students on August 10th, but the district mandated two weeks of training and preparation for teachers. So uh, as we record this on August 24th, today was the first day with students. And of course, it would not be the first day of full distance learning without some sort of glitch when we (laughs) all logged on at 730 to get ready for students to come on at 830. 
canvas was down for the entire district and in a lot of districts wow. around the country actually and so was our infinite campus student information system that was down as well so uh, <laughs> it was a little bit of a mess uh, to start the day eventually it came back but it was it was not the best of starts uh, but overall it was it was a pretty good day in my opinion like I said I'm just fried though yeah so um, and I feel like this is the third year school year that we have started since doing this podcast. And I feel yes. like it's the same thing all three <laughs> years where we're talking about fires in Northern California. Yep. It really. is. It, yeah, it is Nevada. This is, it's like our new normal now. Yeah. So, so if you're in California and you're affected yeah. by those fires, uh, we're here, we're thinking about you yeah. uh, reach out if you need anything at all from Ben and I, so we'll do the best we can. So, I mean, even Las Vegas where we don't necessarily get fires in the city, we right. do get a few around in the mountains. There was a there was a pretty yeah. decent sized one about a month ago, and then there's the big one that's been affecting air quality in Las Vegas for the last week and a half or so has been down in the Mojave National Preserve, yep. where the grove of Joshua trees went up about oh. forty five thousand yeah. acres worth. So, um, and that one, as far as I know, is still burning. So, but uh, let's um, kind of move away from that a little yes. bit and talk <laughs> a little bit about some beer, Ben. What 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 do you got today? Okay, so I went with a Shocker IPA from Hop Valley uh, Brewery out of Eugene, Oregon. And like I said, I, I've, I've yet to have a bad beer from Oregon, Washington, any of, the, any of the great Pacific Northwest brewers. I mean, this is another good solid beer. Uh, they're Cryo Stash. So it's an 8.7% ABV, 40 IBU. Um, you know, they freeze the Simcoe hops. That's kind of what they're what they're using. Um, and then uh, it's got a lot of that that um, tropical and a lot of citrus. Um, so it's just a pretty a pretty good all around uh, a you know IPA. That's interesting on the frozen part. Yeah. I just kind of curious as to what exactly that does to the flavor profile. And, uh, and, with and, the hops and everything. Yeah, and I don't know if we talked about this on a previous episode where we talked about growing your own hops and those things. I do know that a lot of brewers, like the I had read an article about a, a particular uh, grower for Anderson Valley uh, Brewing, and they, whatever hops they don't use fresh, they have to flash freeze them to, so they'll last longer. So I think that, and I don't know if it changes the taste. I mean, it could be a marketing thing. I don't know. Interesting. You know, Cryostash, so... so. Yeah, so anybody out there that has any knowledge can reach out. That'd be yeah. awesome. So, because I'd love to learn a little bit more about that. And you, my friend, went with uh, with something uh, a, a classic. Yeah. So I, a while back, you, we featured on an episode uh, a bottle of Sierra Nevada Bigfoot Barley Wine from 2016. After I was yep. able to, I, I I went on Sierra Nevada's website and they were selling all these vintages, and I got 12 of them for like 50 bucks after shipping. So. And I figured after a long day like today, just a long couple of weeks and everything, I needed something with a little bit of a kick. So I drug out one of the uh, barley wines that I picked up. This one's the 2011. So okay. a nine-year-old version of their Bigfoot barley wine, 9.6% ABV. So Ooh, definitely a tail kicker a little bit. 90 IBU is what it's listed at. It doesn't have that kind of kick anymore on the IBU. Right. So Because uh, hops do fade over time. When right. you're aggressively hopping something that much, you still get hops even after right. that many years. But what's coming out more on this one, it's sweet and malty. Mm -hmm. um, 
I'm getting a lot of flavors of like brown sugar and molasses, and there's a nice little alcohol bite on it. Nothing overpowering, like you're not cringing right. while drinking it. And if it's not like a bourbon barrel aged alcohol bite, but it's just got that bite that a typical Bigfoot has. So right. it's, um, I, I definitely wouldn't be, I will not be having a second one after this because <laughs> I, I, I would be going be to sleep sleeping. after that <laughs> for sure. So, but we have a guest yes. joining us as well, like usual. So Ben, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest? All right. So we have Tyler Keith joining us um, and he has two beers. So Tyler, what do you got, man? <laughs> Yeah, you know, today being the first day with students virtually, it was a two-beer kind of a day. So I went with a couple of Old Faithfuls, uh, the first one being Irish Death, which is from the Iron Horse Brewery up in Ellensburg, Washington. And the second is a remake on that called Aloha Death, which is the same idea of the Irish death, but it's just brewed with coconut on there. But the original Irish death is a 7.8 ABV. Okay. And it's more of a darker beer. It is definitely not a lawnmower beer at all. <laughs> um, if it was the lawnmower beer, it'd be late in the day. And if you had two, you're probably gonna fall asleep on the lawn. But the, uh, the Aloha death, the other one is only a 6.53 ABV. So I'm kind of curious as to where the the difference there yeah. losing the 1.8 is comes in in their process but uh but yeah they're both really good they're just a good end of the day beer so yeah. tyler is clearly a listener of the show uh yes. making the reference to the lawnmower <laughs> beer so so that's kind of how we were able to get tyler onto the show was uh because of his faithful yes. listenership and uh interacting with us on a regular basis on twitter yeah. so uh so tyler thanks for taking some time yes, out to join you. us and and sharing so uh, so go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us about yourself. What do you do? Kind of what makes you tick? Those kinds of things. Yeah, for sure. No, I appreciate being on. Thanks for having me. Um, it's going to be weird. You know, they said this was episode 81. So I got a couple of weeks till I'm mowing the lawn and I'm listening to myself, you know, so that'll, that'll be kind of fun to do. But yeah, I've been listening to you guys for a couple of years now and definitely got me through some lawn mowing, a uh, <laughs> bunch of different lawnmower beers that I've tried, mainly Rainier beer. It's my oh, favorite. Nice. Um, I grew up in the Hop Valley of the United States, up in the Yakima Valley, a um, little yep. town called Zilla. And the Yakima Valley is known for its hops for many different breweries. Uh, but anyway, I, I am now a technology integration coach uh, here in Nampa, Idaho. This is my first official year as being a technology integration coach. Previous to that, I'd been a fifth grade teacher for 13 years. And uh, I mean, you name it, I've seen it. Been in the <laughs> lowest lowest of income schools down here in Idaho and one of the highest. And I can tell you, I like the lower income schools a lot more. You know, the kids actually seem like they want to be there a little bit more and don't have to deal with the helicopter parents. Mm -hmm. So not that that's a bad thing, but, you know, it, you reach those kids in a different level. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, I got my, got my degree from Central Washington University, which is in Ellensburg, which is why Iron Horse Brewery has a place near and dear to my heart. Um, I remember, you know, getting that during college, those long study nights. Okay. Um, but yeah, while teaching in fifth grade, I've got my master's in ed tech. 
I've been everything from the quiet type. I'm just going to hang out in my room, do my thing to, mm -hmm. Hey, go see Keith. Keith will know how to fix this. Go to him. And I'm like, I'm in the middle of a lesson guys. I can't <laughs> fix your iPad right now, but I don't know how to say no. So that's just evolved to me becoming the, the tech coach starting this year. Um, and I also just here about a month ago, I was officially announced as a Microsoft Innovative Educator Expert. And that's kind of opened a door to a few other things and then just making more and more connections here and there through the ed tech world. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. Right on. So, so tell us, so as a, in your new position, I got to imagine that it, it is like uh, I, I, we've, we've equated this whole situation with COVID and everything is, is we've all been pushed in the deep end. So I got to imagine you got pushed off the high dive into the deep end. Yes. And off the high dive into the deep end, <laughs> told to go 20 feet under and yeah. grab whatever, grab the treasure, come back up and then tell everybody how I did it. <laughs> exactly. So, so what is, what is like in your role? What does that look like for you? Are you, how many schools are you supporting? Are you just supporting one school? What is that? So currently I am supporting one. Um, okay. I'm still at my same school that I've been at for the past three, four years. And it's interesting because even though I'm supporting my one school, I get emails and texts from people that I know from other schools and other districts, even, you know, wanting, wanting help with this help with that. And I have to remind myself, it's okay to say no, like, Hey, I'll get to you when I can. Like I had a buddy just last weekend say, Hey, can you jump on a team's call with me? And I go, Jeff, I'm in the middle of stuff with my school, but you know, after school or, you know, whatever on personal time, I'll be glad to help you. And it's, it, it's been tough to, to have to do that, to create that separation, but it's also rewarding to, you know, know that I'm valued in such a way mm -hmm. and getting out there more and more within just my own district mm -hmm. has been awesome. When the superintendent is able to call me by name and, you know, you wouldn't think in a, in a district of, yeah, I think we have about 14,000 students and, um, you know, staff to go with that, that, you know, why would she know who I am? But she does, she can call me out. So it's, it, it's interesting feeling, cool. but scary at the same time. Now you mentioned that you're recently a Microsoft innovative expert. So I'm assuming that your district is a Microsoft district then. Yes, we are. Okay. So, I, I'm not as familiar with that. Ben is in a Microsoft yeah. district himself. So you, uh, you guys could have extensive conversations about teams and, well, and different things. I, yeah. Well, I would be, and, and I wouldn't lie if I was, I'm like, Oh great. I'm going to call Tyler when we're off, when he's not at work and send him some beer. Cause yes, we are a Microsoft district, but as we've moving into full distance, um, I'm not going to lie, you know, integrating teams, uh, it has been a, has been a, um, it's a new thing for us. We'll just say. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, reach out whenever. I mean, honestly, yeah. I'm learning some new hacks of right. things, which I, for me, it was, I would just do right and now. People are asking me how, and I'm like, Oh right. crap. Like, how <laughs> do I do that? And I have to go back with that, that mindset of an engineer right. of you have right. to do this, then this, and this. And then at the end, it's so simple. Right. Well, and you bring up a good point of that, that transition. And Kyle, you've, you've made this transition before. I've made this transition. When you go from being a classroom teacher to a coach, so be you an instructional coach, be a tech coach, there is this weird kind of like 
how did I do that? Like now you, now you have to go backwards and explain it to people. You're like, I just did it. <laughs> you know, are you finding that's a challenge? Yeah. You know, my, uh, my current admin, he came in and he goes, he goes, Keith, do you know what you're doing? I'm like, what are you talking about? Of course I know what I'm doing. And he goes, no, do you know what you're doing? And he explained it to me and I'm sitting there and I looked at him. I go, I have never thought of it that way. Like for me to explain it. And I went down a completely different road than what he wanted. And he goes, that's the thing. Your brain doesn't think that way. Mm-hmm. You're thinking five steps ahead, how to do this, how to do that. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm asking a simple question and you're trying to give the most roundabout way to get the solution. And in the end, we come to the same answer. And yeah, it, it was interesting because he said that. And ever since then, I've kind of overanalyzed what I do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I know what you're going to ask. I don't know how I did it. So I actually, there's a few things I started doing with, uh, within my own school is just recording some simple, simple, we call them a, you know, gator tech tips right. that we have. And I started doing that and I realized like something that is so intuitive to me, to the, you know, teacher that's been down the hall for 20 years, that's just now getting a MacBook. They might had no clue what the mission control even was on a Mac. And, you know, I'm having to reteach myself those simple terms that we think of in, you know, in the ed tech world, but to adapt it, which is good because then I can adapt it to what the kids, what they actually need, you know, on their levels. Yeah, I'm in a similar situation to you right now because we're rolling out a new LMS. We're using Canvas in our district now. And Canvas is not something I ever mm-hmm. really used much before outside of I've I've taken some courses where I use Canvas as a student. I did some training in Canvas like five years ago or something like that. And my attitude at the time was, why would I learn this when I already have Google Classroom? Well, now mm-hmm. we're going to Canvas. Really, the state of Nevada is going to Canvas. I, I know Clark County, where I'm at, is going uh, with it. The other right. districts are... I think they're going to slow roll it a little bit more. Right. Uh, but I just dove in and just started figuring stuff out. And it, it really, it, it came easy to me because I'm tech savvy as Ben, you are Tyler, you are same thing. You can dive into something and right. it's fine. Well then my school, we rolled out, we don't have a tech coach like you, Tyler. We, we came up with, I apologize. That's um, R2D2 in the background. I forgot to turn <laughs> off my ringer there. So um, I'm not even going to, edit that out because R2D2 is agreeing with us all along here. So anyway, <laughs> but what I was doing was realizing that we're part of the, I'm part of this tech team at my school right. and we're trying to break down the, what we need to teach the teachers how to use canvas and what the students mm-hmm. need to know. And one of them was the basic, like, how do you log into canvas? Right. Well, well, that's stupid. You go put your username and password in. Like, and then, you know, very similar situation. The assistant principal over the tech team says, no, how do you log into Canvas? So I had to reverse engineer that. And the video that Canvas provided in their tutorial, I didn't like it because they had a lot of different things that my district's mm-hmm. not going to use. So like you, Tyler, I ended up making my own video on it. And then talking about how to log in, get to that login page in a couple different ways. But then not only just log in, but then how do you bookmark that page so you don't have to type it in every single right. time? And that's something to me where I just, in Chrome, I click on the star, I erase the word, 
the, when it comes up for the bookmark and I just go, but people are like, what are you doing? What do you mean? You're going to lose your bookmark. Doing it. No, you, you're not. So I'd reverse engineer all that. So I'm assuming that's what you're doing a lot of right now as well. Oh yeah. And you know, similar to you, we, we just switched over to a new LMS as well. We're using, I mean, we're 100% Microsoft. So we're using teams with everything we do teams in OneNote. We had, we had kids down in kindergarten at my school using teams and OneNote on their iPads, which was amazing. But then this year we are switching to a new LMS on top of that. It's called Otis. Hmm. And now all of a sudden I'm sitting there like, okay, I'm not going to be in the classroom. I did pilot Otis in the spring. So I kind of have some good basis on it, but I'm not in the classroom. I don't have the same access. So it's like, Hey, Hey, more, I, I need some help. Can I borrow your login really quick? Like I need to be able to do this. And it's tough because basically we're taking that new LMS that we have and trying to teach these kids distance through distance learning on how to use it. But eventually we're going to go to teams for pretty much everything, but our assessments. And yeah, it's tough because without having the access, having to use it day by day, it's, it's a, it's a, well, I shouldn't say it's tough. I mean, it's a good challenge. I love a good challenge, but I mean, man, it's, it was an interesting, interesting way to go. I get why we did it. And eventually we're going to see the fruits of doing what we're doing, but yeah, it's, you know, I'm with you. It's, it's tough. And we have to, you know, I have to reverse engineer everything I possibly can from a different lens without the full access. Well, I, I think you bring up a good point. And I, I know in my role as an administrator, it, my teachers will ask me questions about things and like, I know how to use them, but I'm like, I don't use it every day. Like my favorite is when the teachers ask me about their grade book and they're like, how do I do this? And I go, well, it's been 10 years since I put a grade in a grade book. I don't remember. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that is a hard part. Anytime you're a tech coach or any kind of coach is that it's that fine line between I need to go practice before I show it to you, which it sounds like Tyler, that's, that's kind of the situation you're in. Yep, Exactly. Well, and, and I'm going to totally plug like what you did. Cause I'm like, I got sidetracked because I looked on your Twitter profile and then you had some videos, like there's this great hack on like how the kids can only see you in teams. And I'm like, yes. Oh my gosh, I totally need that for my teachers tomorrow. I am going to show it to them tomorrow. So yeah. And I awesome. just, yeah, I just recorded that probably an hour before jumping on with you guys. <laughs> and it came up because a first grade teacher, she came up to me today and she goes, Keith, my kids on their iPad, they can only see a three by three grid. Right. And I'm in one small corner, but I don't want to share my screen because I still want to be able to see all the kids. Uh, and yeah. so I had to sit there and think, I'm like, there is a way to do this. Right. And so essentially it is, we're sharing a screen, but we're sharing a screen of her video feed. And, oh, yeah. okay. and once that happened, the light went on in her head and she goes, I got to go back and tell the rest of my first grade team. Right. And it was something like, something in me was like, okay, I, I like what I'm doing. This is good. <laughs> there you go. So you mentioned that you're going to a new LMS right now as well, right in the middle of a pandemic uh, in distance learning and whatnot. Are you finding a lot of people, I don't want to use the word complaining, but maybe at the same time, I do want to use the word complaining about the timing of rolling out an LMS because I know in my situation I'm here and I've been, I've said it a few times. I don't mind canvas, but I think the timing is not really great. Are, are you having a similar experience with that with your teachers right now? Oh yeah, absolutely. And with me being on the committee that helped choose this LMS, 
I remember sitting at the table with our assistant superintendent. We had a director of IT there. And I'm like, why are we doing this? And, but this was back in February, back when, before, you know, that, that Black Friday really hit. Right. And I'm just sitting there like, we're not utilizing what we currently have. So why are we going to go to something new? And then once we fully are deciding to roll out in the, you know, in the midst of our pandemic, it's, it was interesting, but it's been amazing. You know, at least my school, my, my own little world, the teachers have been fantastic. They've, they've decided, you know what, we're just going to roll with this. If it works, it works. If it fails, it fails. But at the end of the day, we're here for the kids. And you know what, if the kids see us fail through something, it might show them that it's okay to fail, but we're going to keep pushing through instead of giving up. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where we can complain or embrace no matter what. And the staff at my school, I mean, I, I am legit proud of everything that we've been doing despite everything we've been doing. Yeah. I think uh, what, what's been the shift that's been happening since this in the beginning, it was complaints and then it became acceptance with complaints. And now those that are still quote unquote complaining, it's more of venting at this point where just out of frustration, where when you can't figure out how to do something in the LMS because you never did it before, or it was down because, you know, 300,000 people were trying to log into the system all at one time and the whole server crashed out, whatever it is. So I feel like a lot of people have just really, they've accepted it. They've embraced it at this point. And now any kind of complaining is just more of venting. And uh, I'm really proud and happy to see that that's what it's really shifted to at this point. Yeah, I, w- I would say that's, I, I would be interested if we pulled all educators during this situation where we have we have been forced to adapt and, and and make these adjustments but i think you're right kyle i think most people are like okay it is this is i mean it's it's a cliche it is what it is and people are just like okay we're gonna figure this out and we'll make it work and and you know what human beings are really smart and they figure stuff out and that's that's pretty much the situation we're in right now um so so tyler as you're in your role are you finding like like your teachers are what what is an area where you, you feel like they're really excelling in and where maybe what's an area where you feel like, okay, this, this has been kind of a heavy lift for our, for us. So to kind of answer that, I have to go back to that. You know, I hear you guys talk about it all the time that black Friday, that last day that we had. And, and I remember being in the classroom, I was lucky enough to have a, a student teacher intern in my room who was fantastic. Like amazing fantastic and I remember turning to her that that day and I said you know I said hey Maddie I need you to take the class all day and because what happened is I had to go around along with our the rest of the admin team and talk during each grade levels prep time to kind of prepare them like hey this is real this is going to happen and so doing that on that Friday and then again on the Monday, so we actually went full, full online the following Tuesday. Everything that I heard from K5 was, was truly about the relationships that we already built with our kids. And we knew that academics were going to happen, you know, however that looked. But what we were worried about, you know, with, our, with my school being in the top five of the lowest SES 
in, in the whole state of Idaho was what are our kids going to do if they are home all day by themselves? And not only what are they going to do, but what do they need? And so I just remember just sitting there, I'm looking at this from the, the tech side and I remember thinking, okay, great. We're going to send their iPads home. Cool. But do they have Wi-Fi? You know, how, how are we going to do that? Right. And, you know, luckily my, my district were, was doing amazing that, you know, we do have one-to-one iPads for all elementary kids and one-to-one laptops for all secondary. And we were able to pass a levy literally a week before all of this, mm-hmm. which opened up a, you know, good chunk of money so that we could provide hotspots for those families that needed the Wi-Fi which, which turned into, okay, well, I know, you know, Billy who, whose family doesn't have anything. So what are we going to do? And so we started scrounging up as many resources as we could, you know, we didn't have school lunch or, you know, we weren't going to. So we, you know, we emptied out the food pantry. We made these food boxes. I remember driving around town, dropping off food boxes. Mm -hmm. You know, I had no clue where, where my kids lived, you know, like actually lived and then pulling up to their house, it's like, oh, and right. it just kind of hits you, which is, it's just weird because I live on the opposite side of town as my school mm-hmm. and you see this and it kind of, it hits you, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we were going through and that first week, it was awesome because we were told to have a week of preparation for the teachers. Mm-hmm. And then we had spring break and then it was full 100% go online. And that next day, I got so many messages from my students. Mr. Keefe, are we going to do a meeting? Like, what are we going to do? What are we going to learn today? I'm like, guys, you know, I don't have anything for you. Like, we're supposed to be planning. And they kept coming and kept coming. So finally, I'm like, okay, I'm going to put up a Flipgrid. Just a simple, what are you doing today? And I get a good half my class responding. And so we're able to have conversations when, you know, technically we're not supposed to. Right. But, you know, we were able to do that and getting the messages later of, you know, Mr. Keefe, I saw you drop this food off at my house. I was, you know, I was too embarrassed to come, to come out and say hi. And, you know, me just being goofy, like, oh, it's okay. You know, just joking with them. But man, it, it was, it was tough, but the hearts of, of our, our staff has been simply amazing. Even my student teacher who's, you know, in her, in her senior year at Boise State, her and her and her husband went out and got a, a bag for every single one of our students. And I was like, you don't have to do that. But you know, where her heart was, and it was, it was amazing, you know, looking back, you know, we have this saying at, at my school, it's great to be a Gator. And, you know, truly, every time I say that it goes back to that. And it's like, you know what? It truly is great to be a Gator. And we don't just say that. And, you know, to answer the other, the other part of, you know, what we need to improve on, you know, the, the biggest improvement that we, that I feel we need to make is those videos as we're going, because we are so focused on the relationships, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we have to have that, but, we also need to remember, okay, now we got to learn. Right. And how do we take that everything that we've done for so long in the physical classroom 
and chunk it down to a 10 minute video. Right. And then be available for those kids afterwards to answer questions, monitor their work and all that. And we're, we're learning that as we go. So it's, it's tough, but seeing what our teachers are doing and what our admin is doing, it's awesome to see where we were in the spring and, you know, the crisis learning and where we truly are going after, even after just day one of right. distance learning today. So, you know, in a, in a couple months, I'll have a different answer for you. Right. But it's exciting. Well, and, and I think you hit it on the head. I think it's the relationship piece. We talk about that all the time. It's relationships, relationships, relationships. And then the trick of, of building relationships digitally online and that, that, that's, that's a skill set in it in itself. So like, how are your, I, I guess that would be my next question is like, how, how are your teachers doing that? Cause I'm always curious about that. Yeah. So it was, it was interesting today because we held our first morning meetings and this was after last week we, we did our iPad pass outs and, and all that stuff. So some of the teachers were able to go out there and actually say hi to the kids, you know, in between our professional development and stuff, but they were able to have those first meetings and that was the probably the second part but the first point of contact really came when we were able to know that the teachers not the teachers sorry the students had their ipads and those the some of those teachers preloaded messages on their ipads and it was like hey you know so excited to see you glad you're going to be in my class you know can't wait for monday you know sign mr keefe you know, all those things, you know, that, that they could do. And it was awesome because today we had classes up to 90, 95% participation, which again, we're in the, one of the lowest income schools in the state. Right. And so they're doing that. They're reaching out. We have, I think one grade level is setting up four different online synchronous times for learning and just those meeting spaces so that we can make sure that we meet every kid throughout the day in one way, shape or form. And then it's just gonna be the continuing, the, the posting a morning flip grid. You know, hey, today, how are you guys doing? You know, et cetera. And my challenge for you today is to go outside and do a cartwheel. And the, the responses that we got back of watching these kids, it's like the YouTube videos where you see this kid doing the epic fail, trying to do a cartwheel and he lands on their head and we're just laughing so hard and the kid jumps up laughing and you kind of see these kids in a different way. And I, I can't remember if I heard it on you guys a couple weeks ago or from any of the other um, things I listened to where they say, you know, it's not so much about us being on the box. It's those kids are actually inviting us into their house. You know, they haven't been able to do that before. And now they can. So it's, we're taking time. Hey, hey, you know, Billy, do you have a, do you have a dog? And then they're gone for a minute. And next thing comes, they come up with the dog and they tell us about the dog. And then it's like, all right, all right, you know, cool. You know, Hey, Hey, you know, Jamie, you're, you're tomorrow. And then let's go to the lesson. So it's those, those simple things from, you know, kindergarten, my son, he's, to be honest with you, I don't even know what grade level he's in because he's so far above and beyond where he should be, but he's seven. So he should be in sec in second grade. Um, you know, it's those show and tell things of, Hey, I want to bring my dog to show and tell. No, Zane, you can't do that. Well, now he literally can. 
So, you know, that's, it, it, it's awesome in a different way. And it's something that once we move into hybrid, I think some of those kids and teachers will miss. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, the biggest thing right now is, Ben, you said it, where when we went to this back in the spring, we, we knew our kids already. So the relationships were pretty much built. So now we're, we're starting from scratch. And I know for, like, say, an incoming freshman, they're not going to know who any of their teachers are and the right. teachers aren't going to know them. I'm going into a new school, so I know, I don't know anybody. So it's really nice with my school where we've really been focusing on this week. It's all about learning to navigate Canvas and getting logged right. in and just getting to know people. We were, we were pretty much given a directive for the most part. You're not touching content till second week. So I, I said the same thing and you know what? Some, some people freaked out. I was like, Whoa, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. And, and I know this is, this has really been a hot button all over social media too, where people have been getting in pretty heated arguments on social media about it, about how I don't have time to cover the stuff I need. I'm going to lose all this time. But then there's the relationship piece as well. And I, I'm siding with the relationship part where I would much rather get to know the kids over the course of a week before I touch any content. And then you got to realize too, that you're not going to have the same amount of time in digital that you wouldn't face to face. So Ben, right. we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with, with a guest about how before you taught 40 things, now you got to figure out what are the most important for those yeah. 40 and hit right. those kinds of things. So um, Tyler, yeah. so with your school, is, are you seeing something very similar then? Oh yeah. You know, we, we have essential standards that we're supposed to cover. Yep. And so I coined, okay, well we have our essential standards. We know what they are, but now we need to find the essential essential standards. There we and go. so our teachers are sitting there like, oh no, like now we really got to dive into the standards even more. And on top of that, one of the things that I've, I've been pressing, not pressing, but encouraging our student or not students, sorry, our teachers to do is while you're teaching those platforms, let's do an activity that is low rigor, but high engagement. So as we're teaching these kids how to use, you know, PowerPoint or Keynote, why don't we do an all about me at the same time? Mm-hmm. Show them those cool tools you want them to use year round, regardless of, online hybrid or being 100% back in school, teach them how to use those as we're doing it all about me. And, you know, same thing with Flipgrid with, you know, just team, you know, all those things. So let's accomplish two things at once. I, I always say, you know, just, just have fun. And my kids finally pick up on it is let's kill two stones with one bird. And they look <laughs> at me like, what? And so I have to explain it to them. Then they jump. They're like, oh, okay, I got it. But, you know, let's, let's do those things that are fun that the kids love doing. They love telling about themselves. Right. And let's teach them the platform through the process. That's a great point. No, you're exactly right. I, that, that makes so much sense. I think uh, our, our minds are, are thinking alike because just today, my co-teachers and I, we introduced the kids to quizzes and the Fast and the Curious Edge of Protocol by doing all about me. We each created a quizzes about ourselves that the kids took. And then while we're not going to go into the full on edge protocol and have them do it 10 times till everybody gets a hundred, we will probably do it again in a couple of days. And then 
because we plan on using Kahoot a little bit too, we're going to do a summary game of our two where it's basically a like, which teacher is it? So which teacher went to Northern Michigan university and then, uh, and, and do that in Kahoot. So it's, you know, killing those birds, like you said, by introducing to them with something fun, had nothing to do with content. And, right. you know, you didn't have that collective groan in the Google meet of like, Oh, we're already doing this. It wasn't like that because we introduced it as a game and that it was a get to know you activity and what they didn't know they, they were learning in the process. Well, and I, I think I think that is it is so interesting because we're educators and we we all feel that press to to teach. You know, I know you know as a as a fifth grade teacher, I know my kids got to know these things before I send them off to sixth grade. I know as a kindergarten teacher, I know they need this. I know high school, you got to pass. You got to do all these things in this class to get to the next one. And I think I think sometimes. I don't know. I'm really interested and optimistic through all this that we're all going to take a step back and go, okay, we might not have done all that, but kids are going to be okay. And they're still going to get stuff. And actually they're probably going to get some more stuff that is deeper than we had planned on. Oh, absolutely. You know, one of, one of the guys I've connected with here recently, I know he's mentioned it a couple of times, Joe Marquez, you know, between either Beery to you or, you know, sons of technology, you know, him and I, we've been talking daily and what's been awesome to, to hear him say is, you know what, now is the time that true 21st century learning is happening. And one of my man- mantras for quite a while has been, you know what, I am tired of hearing 21st century learning. It is, it is the year 2020. Right. We're 20 years into the 21st century. Why are we still calling it that? Why are we teaching our kids how to use the Dewey Decimal System when in all reality, they're going to go over to the computer, type in what they want, and within minutes, somebody's going to bring them the book. Right. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things, like, like we look at trying to merge the physical classroom with the distance learning classrooms. Right you know, talking about dress codes and bell schedules. Mm -hmm. I I heard you guys talking, you know, in a previous podcast, I think it was with Evan White about, you know, all these things. Like, what are you going to do if, you know, a kid's wearing a hat online? Like, like, (laughs) seriously, what are you going to do? Like, it's so bizarre (laughs) to think these things. And then, you know, once we get back to full 100% in classroom, if these things that we're doing in distance learning were working, why right. wouldn't we bring them back? Yeah, I, it, is, it is. And I, I love that, you know, that whole the 21st century learning. How about we just call it learning? How about right. we just call it learning? Because at this point, at this point, I really do. I think that this is, I had a conversation. Actually, I had a, I had a board of trustees member come out to my school and, and, and she, was, she was amazing. One of our board members, she hung out. We did duty all day. Um, <laughs> and one of the things we talked about was like, this is the moment when we've talked about true education, revolution in education. We've been talking about it for years and years and years and years. And now we're like, okay, guess what? Now we have to. We have to revolutionize education because this, this situation that we're in now, you cannot teach the same way you did 
I tell my teachers, if you think you're teaching the same way you did last year, you're not. There's no, even with kids in our building, you're still not teaching the same way. So. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I was sitting there thinking like if I was to be in the classroom again, you know, after all of this and, you know, who knows what's going to happen here in the future. But I remember sitting there like, I cannot remember my copy code. Like, to be all honest, I cannot remember what it is because we've been one-to-one for, you know, a good two years now. Mm -hmm. And I've been pushing everything out digitally and the kids have access. There's no excuses, no more. I lost this or whatever. And, and yet I've, I've seen teachers around, you know, not so much at my school, but just around the district and other circles that I have where they're freaking out because they don't have a copy budget. Like there's just Mm -hmm. no copies. I'm like, okay, what are you going to do? How are you going to get them the copies? And I mean, there are so many things where I, when I'm learning or in the middle of a class, if a kid's asked me a question, I'm like, well, I'm not sure. Well, let's Google it. Mm-hmm. And we just do right then and there. And then the, the lesson goes in such a different direction than right. I ever wanted it to go. But that's authentic learning. Right. You know, do the kids truly care about, you know, X, Y, or Z, whatever we're learning about, or when their interest is in it, they're going to learn so much more. And, you know, you bring up a good point about having the trustee come out and see it. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's good to bring those other, other eyes in to actually see what you're doing because we've, we've had the, Oh, you guys are doing that. Well, how are you doing it? And they're like, no, there's no way you're doing that. And once we're able to bring people out to see it, they're like, Oh, we get it now. Now teach us how to do it. We, we've been very lucky. I think we have a lot of forward thinkers in our, in our district. And I think I, I just feel like Kyle, we've talked about this many times. I just think this, the pandemic just accelerated us to where we were all hoping we would get. It just pushed us to go faster. I mean, there's going to be some bumps, but I truly do think that this is it. (laughs) No, this is a great time for teachers to reshape how they teach. So Tyler, you're talking about teachers freaking out without a copy code or a copy budget. So now this is the time for them to learn about getting it into a more digital environment to push it out easy, more easily. Uh, I've had conversations with a handful of people lately. Well, I have all these PDFs. How do I get the kids to write on them? So while I, I don't want to tell them about how to change a PDF up so a student can write on it, I, at the same time, I know that if I push too hard, it's, it's mm-hmm. not going to be helpful either. So you know, teaching those teachers how to maybe upload it into a Google slide or PowerPoint and then set it as the background as an image and then adding text boxes or something. It's a start. It's Mm -hmm. not ideal, but it's a start at least. So, so this, this whole pandemic, Ben, like you said, about pushing us into warp speed to change our our, our ways up. It, It is, it really is truly a great time for teachers to learn how to do things a different way and just be better. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. And I think, I think from a, from an administrator standpoint, I, and I just had a conversation with a couple of parents about, you know, not only are we asking kids to learn a different way, I'm asking a whole bunch of teachers to learn to teach a different way than they'd ever learned. I mean, you know, I, it's been 23 plus years since I had got my, my bachelor's. So this is like so different for some of some people. So I think it's, they're lucky to have someone like you, Tyler, to like, to be an, a coach to help them through that, you know? 
are your younger teachers more embracing this or what, what are you seeing? Like, is it across the board? It's across the board. What's, Good. what's interesting is it's the more experienced for lack of a better term teachers that I find that are the more, more fun, more engaging teachers to work mm -hmm. with. And what was interesting when I was working with a teacher, like an epiphany just hit me because we have, we have a 65 inch, 4K TVs on wheels in our classrooms to move around. Mm -hmm. And I was just sitting in the back and she was asking a question. I go, wait. And I turned to her, I go, did you ever watch Star Trek? And she kind of looked at me like, well, yeah. I'm like, think of this. Think of your TV as your view screen mm -hmm. where you can have all your kids or, you know, the, the kids that are going to be on, you can see all their faces at once. And it's facing your whiteboard, your desk, you know, whatever it is. And you're just looking up and you're talking to them. You're not talking to your screen anymore. You're talking to your kids. And she's like, wait, so that means I can actually walk around the room and somewhat, you know, with our, our webcams are limited to their view, but I can actually walk around the room and hold circle time with my kids in front of me. Yes. And just watching the wheels just start to turn was was amazing and you got the younger teachers who are bringing in a whole different perspective and i have to remember like hey you know i'm 36 i remember coming into teaching when when i was 23 24 and coming in and shocking some people and i have to tell these people like hey you might want to listen to them because they've lived this they know what's going on they're closer to this than we are and the even the most experienced teachers around, they're the ones that are jumping in and trying to mimic those other teachers more and more. And it's awesome to see what they're coming up with in ways that I never thought possible. So it's, it's a lot of fun to just sit back and be able to watch. And, you know, in my new role to not have the weight of, those 30 kids on my shoulders, but I can just kind of sit back and enjoy the show at times. So Tyler, with all the knowledge you have to share about various things, especially for the Microsoft users out there, we don't have too many guests that are in Microsoft districts. So uh, where can people connect with you online and uh, you know, maybe pick your brain a little bit? So the best place to connect with me is on Twitter, uh, at Keefe67. Uh, story behind that 67 was my football number in high school. So it's just kind of stuck. So at Keefe, K-E-E-F-E-6-7. Um, also, I have partnered with Joe Marquez on Saturdays. He does his Saturday Ratterday chats uh, where he kind of jumps on and does a little riff, you know, as he's speaking. And then I've started to start some sat rad chats along with that. Um, but that's really the best place. A, a buddy of mine, we're trying to work on a podcast and get that going. Uh, so hopefully, eventually, I'll have my own. But, uh, but yeah, that's really where things are at. Yeah, I got to say, you got great taste in uh, other podcasts as well, being Joe's. I partner up with Joe on Sons of Technology. So. We know that guy. Yeah, yes. yeah slightly. So. Yeah. Well, no, I, I met, and definitely I would encourage people out there to connect with you. Just like scrolling just through a few minutes through, through Twitter. I mean, you're putting out content, you're putting out stuff that's helping teachers and, and definitely like as, as someone who's in a Microsoft district, I, I will, I will probably be picking your brain at some point. <laughs> hey, absolutely. I welcome it. Uh, and awesome. Yeah. 
No, just just from just from our discussion, I'm like, oh, we could do Flipgrid before this. That's a great way to start our classes. Like, do a Flipgrid really fast because you know some might we're we're embracing it slowly and then we're getting used to it and it's you know it, it, we're getting there. But awesome! Thank you so much for the ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, thank you for joining us. And listeners, let's keep this conversation yep. going. Share some of your thoughts on today's topics by emailing us at info at beeredupodcast.com. Tweet us at beeredupod using hashtag beeredupod. Hit us up on Facebook, beeredupodcast, all one word. Follow us on Instagram at beeredupod. Um, we've been a little bit silent on that one lately because yeah. uh, we've both just been so busy. I mean, I think this is the first beer I've actually had in a couple of weeks, to tell you the truth. Uh, so, uh, YouTube channel has been a little yes. slow lately too. I haven't had time to put any content out on there, but you can go to that bit.ly slash beer edu YouTube, and then be sure to follow Tyler at Keith six, seven on Twitter, send us a voice message on the anchor app. And then if you would like to leave us a review somewhere so others can find the show, that would be outstanding. So, and then if you'd like to be a guest on the show, like Tyler, visit our website, beeredupodcast.com. Click on the contact and subscription info link and complete that guest form. Yeah, we'd love to have you on. That's, you know, and, and, and Tyler, that's how we found Tyler. He joined us. So please hit us up and uh, be a guest on the show. So Tyler, if you're going to stick around, this is the, the part of the show, as you know, because you've listened, where we're going to learn about beer. And Kyle, um, what do you have for us today? Well, you and I a while back, just in general conversation we're talking about well we've done this on the show too we're like yes have we covered we that or how have we not <laughs> covered that and and we started just kind of like rattling off some things have we covered it have we not covered it and right. came up with this list of uh different things that we had not actually covered yet so this was one that i wrote all these down when we were having that conversation yeah. and <laughs> this job. was Somebody one that i just picked off the list it had a lot of times we'll make a connection somehow to the episode Right. But this time, there's no connection whatsoever. I just picked it from the list of the things that we came up with. And this topic is, what is an alt beer? Yeah. And it's one that it's, I, I honestly, I had no clue. I, I, I've, I know I've had an alt beer before. I had no clue what it was. So um, strangely enough, imagine this. It's a German style. So, you know, those Germans, they, they sure know how to make beer over there in, uh, in Germany. So, and um, it's actually a German word that translates to old beer, alt being okay. old and then beer. Uh, it's got its historical roots near the city of Dusseldorf. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I, I really struggle with the German language at times. So, uh, and what it is, the, the beer is named old beer is because it's a top fermented beer, which is the traditional older way of brewing beer. So basically it's an ale, but it's very lager-like in fashion as well, which is what German beers tend to be. They tend to be lager styles. So it's dark copper in color. They ferment it using ale meat yeast, but the difference is, is that they age it at a lower temperature like you would a lager. Okay. So now we talked about the Kolsch many episodes ago where they use a combination of, of ale and lager yeast. This one is ale yeast, but then they take the lagering technique of the lower temperature on it. So what that does is it gives the beer a slightly fruity essence, but not overpowering like most ales. It's cleaner than a typical ale because of that lower aging temperature. They tend to hop these pretty heavily. 
but not like in the fashion like we would think of as like an American IPA. So you're not going to drink this and it's going to be an absolute hot bomb. It's right. going to be pretty well balanced out. Uh, usually they range four and a half to 5%, but especially the American versions of this, they tend to get a little bit higher on that. Okay. And really, and if you've never heard of this, it's because they're not super popular outside of the Rhineland region of Germany. So right. you're not going to see these in a lot of places, although there are some North American breweries yep. that are starting to do it. Um, the most common one, this beer actually holds a really, really big part of my heart, Alaskan Amber. Okay. So if you've had this one, uh, this is an alt beer style. Before they started distributing this in the lower 48, my brother, when he was still alive, was stationed in the army outside of uh, Anchorage, Alaska. Okay. And when he'd come home on leave, he'd bring cases of this back. And oh, wow. now every time I drink an Alaskan Amber, I think of my brother. Um, Ninkasi Slayer, I know you've had that yes. one. So, one of which my all-time favorites. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it, it comes out around Christmas time. It's got Santa Claus throwing up the horns. Yep. Uh, like the band Slayer. Yep. <laughs> um, that is an alt beer style. I never knew that. I always thought that was uh, like a winter warmer style. Yeah, and then, so did I. And then Lagunitas makes one called yep. Doppel Sticky. Yep, but, and I've had that one. Okay. I I, I couldn't really find uh, too many others of, from like bigger name breweries that many people know. There's a lot of smaller breweries. Right. The one I did find, and I, I didn't write this down. I wish I did, but um, – Mike Washburn, when we had him on, he had a beer right. from Cremor Springs in okay. Barrie, Ontario. And I actually, one of the beers on the list was an alt beer made by Cremor Springs. Okay. So. I want to say that one of our breweries here in town has done an alt beer. And I just don't remember. Because it, you're right. It's not, it's not one that is very common. I that, feel that, like Great Basin's Wild Horse Ale I, is an I, alt beer. I think I think that might be the one. And I'd have to go back and scroll through to see. Yeah. But. In fact, now that you mentioned that, I'm going to pull up the there old we go. untapped and, real quick and look that up. Because now you mentioned, I really, truly think that's the case. So great. You, and you know what's really funny is I see Alaskan Amber all the time in my in like many of the stores that I go to. And I have to honestly, I don't think I've had it. Had it. I just don't think I. I just you would truly wondering. enjoy it. It's like I, I said. It's um. It's malty. Okay. But and it's and it's hopped up. I, you know, it's it's just a solid beer. And um. And you're right. Wild Horse Amber Ale from Great Basin. Oh, it Reno is. is an alt beer. Okay. So that is. I'm going to add that to our show notes there along with these ones. Here. So, uh, good catch on that one. So, but uh, yeah. So again, not a real common style, but one that yeah. you can come across, and it's pretty good stuff. Cool. Well, yeah, again, as we say every single episode, how have we not done that one? But right. apparently we hadn't. <laughs> well, I, I will say um, I, I've got our list right here. Is, okay, um, okay. Let's see, here's, here's a handful of ones we haven't covered that we will okay. be. Um, the Dunkel, which is yes. uh, like we've done Dunkel Weissen, but no, not but just a straight, straight Dunkel lager. Um, the Red Irish Ale we haven't covered. We have not okay. covered Irish Dry Stout, and we have not covered Wit Beer. Which are all we covered? Wit beer? We have not covered wit beer, believe it okay, or not. Because that's yeah. So, which we have drank a few wit beers on. We have here. drank, yeah. Maybe that's what I confuse the beers I drank with what beers we've talked about. So that's yeah. my problem. So, and then cool. now that now that falls coming in, we might have to start looking at some of those more traditional fall styles. Uh, we've already done pumpkin. <laughs> we've and already done beers, pumpkin, dude. We can't, <laughs> so we can't do that again. But, um, but I know that there's some. Uh, We've, I think we've done the English brown ale, but there's other brown ale yes. styles that we haven't yeah. touched yet. So, which those are 
never I never got really? into the brown ale so a few years ago, but man, I love me a good brown ale now. Yeah. It it is that is one I think that is an acquired an acquired taste. Yeah, it took me it's, a few years to get yeah. into that one. It's like IPAs. Like I love IPAs, and I know lots of people can't stand them. But hey, no, there's more than a few that can't stand there's, an IPA. But that's okay. That's yeah. that's just more beer. That's for more for us. Yes. <laughs> no bad beers, just different levels of beer. That's right. Same <laughs> with pizza and tacos. Yeah. Exactly. So, all right. Well, Tyler, once again, Tyler, my man, thank you. Thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure having you on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. And uh, it's been fun actually talking with the people that I usually listen to while I'm mowing the lawn. <laughs> right on. Well, I'm, I'm happy that A, you get your yard yes. work done and B, you've been introduced to some lawnmower beers as a result. Exactly. Too. Yes, absolutely. Well, so. and, and Tyler, yeah, thank you so much for being on. It's, it was awesome. You had lots of... Uh, it, just, I learned a lot. I love having guests when, and I think I learned something every time, but like definitely the work you're doing is especially, it's needed, especially now it's extremely needed. <laughs> thank you, sir. You're yeah. welcome. And uh, yeah, I thank you to everybody that's listening, you know, as what you're doing for our kids out there. So it's, it's a small thing, you know, in our small little schools, but in the scheme of everything, it's amazing to see what us teachers are actually doing to change the world. Well and said. That's a, that's a great, well said way to wrap things that. up here. So until next time, may the malts and the hops be with you. Right on.